Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Shai, happy Monday. Hey, good morning, Craig. How's it going? Pretty good. So let's see what's going on in the world. We got so much entertainment out there. We got the politicians running rampant. We got companies doing crazy things internationally. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I I love this time of year for so many reasons, and one of the reasons why I love this time of year is football. You know, I my dad was an airline pilot for U.S. Air, right? So. I grew up with the 70s Pittsburgh Steelers, so you can imagine what that was like. He was based in uh, in Pittsburgh, and I even got to go along on a charter uh, before and met the Steelers. And so I, I kind of grew up with this love of football. And it's funny when you talk about like all these politicians and, and my gosh, all of these brand disasters we're seeing. I mean, Volkswagen, to name one, comes to the top of mind. Trump, who seems to be a walking brand disaster, yet somehow still popular. <laughs> Uh, But man, what about the NFL? What's up with that meltdown? It seems like it's part of their plan because they exercise the downgrading of their brand very precisely. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I mean, it's almost strategic. I mean, has Goodell gotten one? Has he managed one scandal with any kind of grace or tact or authenticity? I think his brand tact is not showing up until the media decides the catastrophe he had. Yeah, you know, it's funny, right? So, like, I, you know, I grew up with the Steelers, uh, but of course, being from upstate New York, I, I have a sweet spot for my Buffalo Bills, and they're horrible, unfortunately. And that poor brand, I don't know what to say about that. But what I used to love about the game so much was it was an area of my life. And I'm sure a lot of business owners feel this way, right? Because you have to be on so much and you almost never get to turn off, right? So what I love about football is it's being a fan, you know, and the essence of fanaticism is that you basically, you can just enjoy something without having to justify why you like it. I'm just going to root for this team. I'm going to root for Buffalo because Buffalo is an underdog town and my heart and soul is with upstate New York and I'm going to root for Buffalo, And, you know, people identify, I mean, you're from Wisconsin, so I can imagine Green Bay, Lombardi, my gosh, right? It's part of your soul and you'll do anything for that team. (laughs) And all they have to do from a brand standpoint, all they have to do is just be even and be neutral with you. You'll soak it up the rest of the way. But the minute they take it south, the, the retaliation on the part of fans and supporters or people that really believe in the brand it heads south fast. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you where this is kind of flipped for me, right? So I used to love indulging in my football Sundays and just enjoying the sport for the purity of it. So you look at these scandals. I mean, you start with Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, if not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, deflating footballs and wearing cable knit sweaters with brown buttons on them like it's his job. And then you look at the spousal abuse and you look at the concussions and I'm no longer just watching this game that I used to just watch for the love of the sport. Now I'm thinking like, 
what does this say about me? Like, do people look at me if I identify myself as an NFL fan? Am I identifying myself as someone who endorses that kind of activity? Even from, you mentioned Donald Trump, some might believe in some things he says. On the other hand, just to be associated with some of the other things he says, do you want your brand to be influenced by his brand? So brand management goes both sides. Oh, yeah. And when you're a business owner, make no mistake, at the end of the day, getting a deal done comes down to whether or not someone feels comfortable putting their name next to your name. And if you're running a small entity or even a very large company, that brand is tied to you. So it really depends on how do you show up to the world, to your industry, to your peers, all of the people that look to you. How do you show up in the world? Are you invisible or are you overexposed? Are you abrasive or can you be viewed as weak? There's so many spectrums in between. And how do you measure that and how do you plan what your brand is going to be? It's challenging. Yeah, and as we approach the year end, this is one of these things that you really have to take a step back and saying, you know, what am I doing about managing my personal brand as it relates to the business? Because if you've had your head in the sand about this, and I work with a lot of clients that are really uncomfortable trying to also figure out how to manage their own brand as it relates to the business, let alone marketing their business, right? Uh, And they've had their head in the sand. We aren't at a point, and we're actually past the point where if you don't manage your brand, somebody will manage it for you because people will talk about you online. They will write about you online. And so you need a strategy. Well, Shai, I can tell you're passionate about this. And when you're passionate about something, I know you found a great guest for us. Well, you know what, Craig? It just so happens that I have an incredible woman today who's going to be speaking with us who is at the cutting edge of reputation management and brand strategies. And she specializes in reputation management and brand strategy for business owners. Her name is Jen Dalton, founder and CEO of Brand Mirror. Jen is one of the most dynamic people I know. She is an international speaker and she is a gifted brand strategist. And we're so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Shai. It's great to be here. Jen, I'd like to start out today by talking to you about personal brand and reputation management. This is a new marketplace or relatively new marketplace. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that means and how that relates to the business owner. Shai, you're very right. Personal branding has really only taken off in the last few years. Now, the first time it was ever written about was in Fast Company magazine in 1997. And it was this idea of CEOs need to manage their own brand, just like companies need to manage their brand. But even though that was written almost a decade ago, it really hasn't caught on until the last few years. How should a CEO or chief executive owner manage their brand? What, what types of activities would they do? Brand really means reputation. Um, it means what's your calling card. And when I work with my clients, the words that I use that I think really resonate with CEOs and executives are What's the promise I get when I work with you? So I'm going to ask you to do something with me. And what does that mean? What's the experience like? You know, what are the values that you use as a CEO to interact? And so 
in this day and age where there's so much digital presence, a CEO's brand can't just be in person or networking. It also has to be robust and include how they're interacting online as well. So personal branding is a lot more complicated and relevant today than it was 10 years ago. So how does the process start for when you're working with a business owner? Where do you begin? Well, I have a six-step process. The big question that a lot of people have a hard time assessing on their own is how are they showing up? So when I work with my clients, it's really important to understand perception versus reality and how are they seeing themselves versus how are their clients or prospects or customers seeing them. What kinds of mistakes do people make? You know, when I ask CEOs to describe themselves in, let's say, five words, um, one of them might say, I am direct and isn't that great. Or maybe they'll say, I'm confident. And those are great words to use. But if I go ask their client, how is this CEO showing up? And they say they're too aggressive. That really starts to highlight just a perceptual difference, a gap in what they're thinking they're doing versus what the CEO is actually showing up as. And, and that little nuance can mean a very big gap And are they able to actually close a deal or not? Well, not if they're showing up as aggressive, which is different than confident. So it's little exercises like that where you're just gathering information that can help you understand what's this perception reality gap. So in a way, you're helping them close that gap between who they say they are and ideally who they really are and what the perception is of the public or potential consumer of their product. Absolutely. And it gets a lot more complicated. You know, that example was just scratching the surface. But I think there are three main things a CEO needs to understand. One is where are they today? What's the reality of themselves? What are their strengths and weaknesses? There's the what's the perception? So how is my client seeing me? And then the most critical one is where do I as a CEO need to be to help my business And so there's this destination question about where do you need your personal brand to be to support business growth or visibility and just be present also just with your employees. You know, your personal brand impacts her and external stakeholders. Yeah, Jen, looking back, uh, do you see that every CEO needs to align themselves with their branding or are are there some exceptions out there? So that's a great question. Different CEOs are obviously approaching this in very diverse ways. You know, if you look at the Fortune 500 CEOs, more than half of them have no social media presence. So I think it boils down to a couple of questions. One is, what's your preference as a CEO? What's comfortable for you? What does your company really need to succeed? And if you can answer those two questions, you can get a sense of, is this really a place to invest But I will tell you more and more, the default answer is every CEO needs to have a reputation and brand to not only help their company grow, but also to protect them if there's a reputation crisis or an issue. I mean, let's face it, I'd much rather work with a company where the CEO is the face of the company and it's not just a brick and mortar or just a faceless company. Yeah. So how does, I mean, how does one go about doing that? I, I see so many people that put themselves out there on Facebook or Twitter and they seem to just be reposting whatever somebody else wrote or the, or they're just putting something out there that's already been said a hundred different ways. How, 
you help people be more strategic about that? A lot of people take social media for granted as well as they really don't know what to do. And so when I work with CEOs, a lot of times we'll sit down and we'll say, what are the messages that are critical to your employees, but also your clients? What do people really need to know? And what does your audience really care about? And you craft content from there. Because to your point, you don't want to just copy or curate your content 100% of the time. You want to find the right blend. And it may change over time. In the beginning, your blend of content might be 90% curated and 10% created. So you as a CEO aren't creating stuff for Facebook or LinkedIn all of the time. It's every once in a while. But as you get more intentional and aligned with your CMO or your marketing goals, then you can start to move into, well, here's the voice I want to use. You know, Here are some things that are happening in the next six months where I really want to engage. So I think it's looking ahead and then planning where do you want to really be visible and have your voice heard? Because it's not just all the time because social media is there all the time. It needs to be very intentional and authentic. Can you give us an example about maybe an analysis that you did with someone and what kind of changes you made or what kind of ways you helped them change the way they were putting themselves out there? When I think about personal branding and why it matters, I think of it as evidence-based branding. So for one of my clients in particular, it was about creating evidence and credibility digitally to showcase, hey, I'm the financial advisor you really want to work with and here's what I stand for. And here's how I solve challenges. It's, it's again, it's not personal bragging. It's personal branding. So you're creating value for your audience. And so CEOs can do that in very intentional ways that highlight how they think and highlight how they work, which is really powerful when you're trying to be differentiated from the crowd. How is that different than just putting uh, testimonials on your website? I think they play a different role. Testimonials are are very important. And when I think about personal branding and reputation strategy, you do want that validation. But testimonials aren't always going to use the words that you want exactly. And if you're a CEO who's trying to be forward-thinking or forward-leaning, you might write thought leadership about things that have nothing to do with what you're going to see in a testimonial. And so I think it depends on your goal, what you're trying to do. But you know, testimonials is one piece of the process. There are a, a lot of elements to building a clear and consistent reputation strategy. And you mentioned reputation risk. In managing reputation risk, what are the challenges? What kinds of things can happen? And how does that translate to the business owner? Well, when I think about creating an online reputation, so we can look at the CEO of Asian Airlines, or we can look at Richard Branson or other CEOs who are more visible. So one of the things that CEOs often forget about until it's too late is proactively managing their reputation. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you have a crisis or something goes wrong, and it could be from a customer complaint to a really big PR issue, that's not when you want to be setting up your Twitter account. You know, if I look at the CEO of Malaysian Airways, he was able to empathetically engage right away after the plane crash. And part of that is important because you're controlling the narrative. And so the last place you want to be is not have a LinkedIn account, not have a Twitter account, not have a planned reputation response 
in place if something goes wrong, because it's going to go wrong. It's just a question of when. And so in addition to managing the downside risk, what is the risk on a, on a day-to-day basis? Is there any anything else that we should be aware of? Well, you know, we were just talking about sort of the big bad risk. You know, when I think of CEOs using social media or really managing their brand proactively, opportunity cost that's missed. So speaking of talent management, speaking of keeping your own employees inspired and engaged. And so there are ways that CEOs can show up not only to address an issue, but to proactively excite and inspire their team. Got the latest Rubber Shandrick report on Twitter and the social CEO. One of the things they found, which is crazy in my mind to some degree, but CEOs who had a Twitter account were perceived as 75% more innovative than a CEO who didn't have a Twitter account. And I wasn't even looking at, do they use Twitter? It was just purely having a Twitter account. So to say that it doesn't matter, you know, might have been true five years ago, but now where everything is online, everybody's engaging digitally, you have to have a presence online. That's a great point, Jen. And I think one of the challenges for a small business owner is just that they're managing so many different things and wearing so many hats on a day-to-day basis between dealing with finance, dealing with operations, and then, oh, here comes a customer service issue that needs immediate attention. What do you say to the, the business owner that maybe is not comfortable in the social media space? Maybe they're not a great writer or a speaker, or maybe they have no marketing background. How can you help them? That's a great question. You know, Not everybody is created equally when we think about whether we like technology or paper or writing. And so what I find when I work with clients is they really need a sounding board. So whether it's working with your marketing team or maybe in your staff meeting, just talking about, hey, what do we have that's shareable that we want to put out there and then delegating to your team, but making sure that you at least are clear on here are the guidelines for communicating. Here's what we're looking for. And just set some roadmap to help your team act on your behalf. Jen, I really like the approach. When they look at their present level of branding that's out there, any guidelines on how they can measure where they are today in their brand presence? One of the first things I do, and this is something anybody can do, is Google yourself. And that sounds silly, but it's such a natural tool. And so you can look and see, where are you showing up online? Are you showing up a lot? Is it the right messaging? And if you are on LinkedIn, which I think is a great tool for CEOs, if you're not posting at all, then that would be a pretty big gap because the average, the best amount of posting to get the most out of it, but not be annoying, is three to four times a week. So it doesn't take a lot, but you can step back and go, hey, if I don't have any evidence of me online, then clearly nobody's going to find anything out about me. So start there and then figure out what evidence do you need to support your goals as a CEO, but also the goals of the company, whether it's press releases or little video clips with you talking about the company. But there are some little things that CEOs can do to all of a sudden move the needle and be more engaged. You don't have to be a Twitter expert from day one. Thanks, Jen. Um, I noticed that a lot of high-end CEOs actually employ outside firms that specialize in this field. What are your thoughts on that? When, when might 
I see you'll want to reach out? I definitely think it's a function of budget, a function of time. And then the real question is, how closely engaged is that firm? So if there's a reputation crisis, do you feel comfortable with them handling it or what's the protocol? And so, you know, as a CEO, if you have 50 people and your company is growing, you know, that's probably something you can do with your CMO or with your marketing team. Once you get to 1,000 people or more than that, then you really should be looking at either someone is doing it in-house or you're hiring an external firm. The biggest challenge will be, like I said at the beginning, just having a coordinated strategy and knowing if this happens, then this is who we need to bring together to quickly address it. If there's an issue or maybe if there's good news, right? It doesn't have to be just for bad news. But you want to make sure whoever is representing you and writing on your behalf or posting on your behalf is really sticking with your voice. They're really um, supporting the goals of the company. And most importantly, they can actually show you a return on that investment. They should have metrics that you can look at on a regular basis and understand if you're getting value from your digital presence as a CEO and as a company. Thank you, Jen. It sounds like this is a real master plan or where they're wanting to drive their presence towards. How long does that take? I hate for your listeners to think that this is the hardest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are things that they can do very easily. One of those would just be, look, if you're not doing anything now, do you want to do one thing a month? And maybe one is go to a networking event. Maybe one is write a blog. So keep it simple to get started and do what you like. So if you like speaking, go speak. If you like writing, write blog posts. You want to find that integrated approach where it's doable And you can get complicated later, but keep it simple to start and make sure you're doing it consistently. So if you do it once a month for this quarter or for this year, for 2016, maybe for the second half of 2016, if things are going well, maybe you double your efforts. So, you know, start at a reasonable pace. It's it's like training for a marathon. You're not going to run a marathon tomorrow. You just ease into it bit by bit. You will learn as you go and you measure as you go to make sure this time you're spending is returning results. Jen, thanks again for coming on today. Uh, Just great content, and we really appreciate you being our guest. Uh, Anything else that you have for our listeners today? I would love it if your listeners would reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. Feel free to ask questions. As a thank you, try to you and to Craig for having such a fantastic show. I really wanted to offer a one-hour free consult for any of the listeners. If they reach out to me through the website, Um, and I know you guys will have links you know, reach out, mention Business Owners Radio, and I'd love to do a one consult and just help you get started because I know this can be hard to do on your own. So one easy way to get started, I will provide Shai and Craig with a reputation assessment tool. It'll be on their website and you can download it and go through this process of just understanding what are all the things you can look at and assess, understand if you need help or if you're doing pretty good. And it's just an easy reputation assessment to get you started and give you some ideas for action items. So thank you again, Craig and Shai, and thank you listeners for listening in. And we'd like to thank our guest today again, Jen Dalton of Brand Mirror. Her contact information is available on the show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week on Business Owners Radio. 
Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.